1: Well, hello there. Welcome back. Happy New Year, Phil Hay. Down here with Michael from the Square Ball, Phil Hay from the Athletic. You all right? I know, but thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you very
2: much. Show is brought to you with West Yorkshire Electrical. Goodness, so it is. <laughs> <laughs> we just recorded uh, the match ball about half an hour ago, so I'm, I'm all thrown. Should yep. do this on a Monday. Yes, they do things with wires in, don't they? Yeah. If it's got wires in it, they'll work with it. That's the boss.
1: They're That's obviously they're fully accredited electrician with a full range of services. Yep. What's your favourite
2: ones apart from the ones that have been done on your house? Um, battery storage, the green ones, solar panels, battery storage for the solar panels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Car chargers that can connect to your solar panels. And your battery. Yeah, it all works as one. Thing. Yeah.
1: Are you a fan of CCTV, LED, lighting design and installation for business? Yeah. Test and inspection work, all fans like that? Yeah. Fire alarm systems. They're all good. You need those things, don't you? Yeah. Uh, work for your home and your business. You can get finance available for your work on your home and your business. wyelectrical.co.uk for details or have a look for West Yorkshire Electrical on your socials. Right, down to business then. This is the Christmas review. And Phil, we are recording straight off the back of the Birmingham game, but I thought we'd take a sort of a broader overview of what's happened over the Christmas period because the last time we recorded was heading into Ipswich. So we've, we've bookended the Christmas period, New Year period, with two really good good solid
3: wins. Ipswich in particular was great. The middle not so great. Um, where do you want to start with it? That was only like 10 days ago, the last show that we did. There's quite a lot going on in that period, to say the least. Um, I don't know. You tell me, really. The, the, I think the, the well, thing. I asked you because I wasn't sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, <laughs> I, I, the thing that jumped out most, I think, from this Christmas period was the griping and the sort of disgruntlement after the West Brom defeat, which I think actually Farker was pretty aware of. Listening to him speak afterwards, I think, I think he knew. Can you that... remember what he said, Michael? No, else, I can't remember anything. <laughs> it's like the live podcast revisited. Um, never to be spoken about it again. Um he was, you know, afterwards. I think he he realised that some of what had gone on at West Brom was pretty similar and pretty familiar um, in comparison to other away defeats, of which Leeds have had, you know, quite a few this season. Sixes, too, too many. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, they they have, and and have also lost in quite you know i guess repetitive fashion there is a definite issue away from home against the low block and and you do if you start to cut through the numbers you do see and it stands to reason because teams don't tend to be as dominant away from home as they are at home but you do see a def- definite difference in things like your shots on goal shots on target your xg and and everything else and between you know the results themselves and this thing that quite often happens, where Leeds start fairly strongly, which I think they did at West Brom, but then they concede and they can't really get back into the game. And the method to get back into the game of so many attacking players in a system, which sometimes looks a bit confused to me. I, I think it, it definitely seemed to generate a lot of frustration at the end of the game at the Hawthorns, and more than, than I expected. But the win over Ipswich was really, really impressive. They were too strong for Birmingham today, I don't know what on earth is going on at Birmingham. I mean, they just seem completely lost in the woods, them. Um, They don't seem anything like as organised as they were under Eustace when Leeds played down there in in August and I didn't think on that day they looked like a particularly great side, but they look better than they did today. Is it, Phil, because they've just appointed a really shit manager? Well, you see, this is the thing, and and I don't know how much people would want to hear us talk about Birmingham, but in situations like this, from a supporter's point of view, this is where you need really good communication from the club because you need to understand... Whether or not from their perspective they think Rooney's doing a, a poor job and it's down to him, have they taken the attitude that the squad just isn't good enough and they're gonna stick with it and suck it up and this starts for real in the summer? Is it a, a mixture of both? I think as a supporter, there's not an awful lot more frustrating than feeling like something a decision that's been made or experiment if you want to call call it that. Feels like it's going badly wrong, but it's been allowed to persist. And there are a lot there were a chance against Rooney from the away end today, which is not a surprise, because there's only so long that the form can be as bad as it's been under him before people start to say, well, you know, irrespective of whether there's a grander plan here and whether this is going to come good further down the line, it doesn't look like it's going to come good further down the line and it doesn't feel good at the moment. They look really powder puff. They don't seem to have patterns of play, they don't seem to have much of a much of a plan, much of a strategy. He said they were trying to hit leads. In transition, which they did to a point, but really had very little in the final third. And in the end, Leeds were just too strong for them. Too good. Um, it's another really decent result at home of which Leeds have, have had loads. And, and if in any way, away from home, they were as consistent or close to being this consistent, then they would be far better off in the table, wouldn't they?
2: I think they should give Rooney the season. And do you know why? Why? Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Amusing. <laughs> I'd just like to say their Twitter
1: account, at BCFC, the, the bio underneath it says, Birmingham full stop. On the rise again, full stop. And they changed that. I think it was about the time when they beat us at the start mm. of the season and then sacked Eustace and then appointed Wayne Rooney. So Does it um, still sit that? Or have they... It does. I, at the time of recording, which is seven PM on January the first, it says on the rise again, which I think I said they put that in when they were about sixth or seventh in the league. And then now I think if memory serves twentieth. Let me just flick across. Yeah,
2: twentieth in the uh, in the league table. Wow. They've done this before, haven't they, when they got Zola in instead of Rowett when yeah. he was doing quite well yeah I remember being to... at
3: a press conference with Zola and um, when um, Neil Moxley who was from the mirror was taking him on about you know really really bad run of results and Zola did have this habit of kind of saying you know I can't criticise the players I can't be unhappy with a lot of this to which I think the, the point was made that well eventually you've got to be slightly unhappy with it haven't you if it's not working I don't think they're totally deprived of good players bombing them at all you know there's some, some decent players in, in that squad but there's not really any structure and I think while there's been a debate around Farker, perhaps about whether there's enough variety in the play, whether plan A works enough, particularly away from home and I think also whether plan B, you yeah, your sort of 5-6 up front, is a good strategy to use. There's no doubt at all that there is at least a structure to the team that works more often than not and, and has worked pretty well so far. I think they're not in a bad position in the league at all. I think the reason that it seemed to me that the reason that there was a bit of kind of gnashing of teeth after West Brom because it felt like you'd seen that game before. Yeah. And today yeah. we did see a different plan, didn't we?
1: Well, absolutely. And Well, can I ask the question that I've got in my mind that I've just jotted down is that you're talking about the low block before, Phil, which is, you know, basically as in old language, teams defending deep, camps yes. on, the, on the edge of their area. Do you think today's lineup changes, having Bamford leading the line, Ruta tucked in behind him, and we didn't actually get around to speaking specifically about this point, on the match ball which I'm glad about because it means we're not doubling up do you think he's trying to find a plan C there is this finding a new way to beat
3: teams away from home possibly and I suppose we'll find out soon enough I mean at home is a different scenario isn't it and given that that's win number nine of the season you can hardly say that they've been grasping around trying to to make it work up until this point they've been you know it's one of only about um, five or six unbeaten records in the the top four divisions at home at the moment two things really One, one is that by moving Ruta into 10 and playing Bamford at nine given that the the normal structure is Pirro at ten and Ruther at nine and I know it is very fluid and very interchangeable but that is how it's how it's set up it tells you I think that given that that is Farkas' policy that he sees far more of an out and out nine in Bamford than he does in in Pirro and for all the criticism of Bamford and there's been loads particularly of his finishing I think more than than anything he is a nine you know everything he does is centre forward play The trying to shift centre-backs around, you know, running into gaps, creating options, looking for balls into the box. That That's what he does. And I think you would never define him as anything other than a, a number nine, I don't think. The problem with him has always been, you know, he, he does miss chances. His, his XG has never matched up with the number of goals that he scores. And I think more latterly as well, and there has been mitigation for this because he has had a lot of injuries, but he's found it hard to make any meaningful impact. But I did ask Farker after the game, Is Bamford the sort of player who's more likely to shape and influence a game starting as opposed to coming off the bench? Like, if you think about Nketiah, for example, under Bielsa, Nketiah did that thing where he would come on and score, you know, with his first chance or, you know, one of the first chances that came to him. And he was a a real impact player in those circumstances. I don't think you really see that with Bamford, but I do think that when Bamford plays up front and when he's in form, he can build a game for you. And I thought he did that today. I thought he played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, even before the goal, I thought his movement and his runs were at least asking questions of the, the Birmingham defence. And I mean, looking back, that's his first goal in a league win for Leeds since May 2021, which is like 30 odd months ago. It's been such a long stretch. That isn't entirely his fault. You have to say that. Like He has had injuries and he hasn't been, he hasn't had a run where he's played a lot of games, started a lot of games where he's been fit since that season where he got himself into the the England squad but there's always or there has been for a a good while now this weird relationship between him and the crowd where they almost seem to need reminded from time to time that there have been good times you know and this has been good for both it's been good for the club having Bamford there in moments it's been good for Bamford being at Leeds in moments and there's a good amount of appreciation I thought for him today which was was right and was, was fair enough because I think his performance was a big part of making that happen today by no means the only player who played well but he was good yeah, it was good, and it
1: was reflected in the crowd. And while the crowd has sometimes nibbled at him a little bit, and he's nibbled back, it's so it's felt. There was a, I think there's a bit of a mutual appreciation there there today. I wonder as well what kind of jumped out at me more recently, but I've kind of formed this opinion over the time that Bamford's been here, is that I wonder if maybe it's because he's not from number nine stock traditionally. You know, he's quite, no. he's quite lanky and thin, isn't he? And and maybe that's why, because his finishing has never been that of a number nine, really. He's, he was always like a second striker, wasn't he? at Middlesbrough or drifted
3: in from out he, wide. He tended to play wide, yeah. And, and do you think that's maybe been reflected in his finishing apart from that one real hot streak that he had? Well, you would suspect that his game has had to change over the years. Karanka played him a lot on the right or was, I, uh, I'd have to look back now, but I think it's part of a three, but certainly quite quite a wide role so that Bamford could cut inside and and shoot with his left foot and he got a lot of goals for for Middlesbrough. Um he was really impressive there. That and, you know, the the earlier part of his career at Leeds are really the two points of his entire career that have jumped out as being successful for him. But there does come a time, doesn't there, where you need to start scoring again. I mean, for all that he had, you know, he, he was a he was a big part of the promotion year under Bielsa and then obviously scored a lot of goals in the Premier League the following season. But that's quite a lot. That in his England appearance, which I don't think is going to be repeated now, it's all a long way behind him and, and the club. You know, a lot of water has gone under the bridge. And because... Farker decided that Bamford was going to be part of the squad this season at some point you need them to be chipping in you know you need goals and you need assists or you need influential performances because it can't just rest on a small group of players you you, you get promoted basically by the players you use most being ultra reliable and, and very very good but those round about them making key contributions as well and and that was, that was one today plus a little bit from football too yes he was good with junior, wasn't he? Well, he yeah. was good going forward. I mean, there was that moment in the second half where you thought it was all going to be undone as that um, pass went in behind him. But two assists, I mean, th- it was a day when a lot of people needed to step up today. Classen in goal, Costaro wasn't available and, and Melier is banned. Classen did well. You know, again, didn't look rattled, particularly um, in goal. I think a good game for him to come in and probably the right game at the right time for Leeds all right. Fun round. of the hair? Um, well, I would if I could, put it that way. Yeah, I've written about Bamford's here actually because I still think the most surreal moment of the season so far was that point where he pulled his beanie off, and the entire crowd just had an intake of breath. Even though, like, weird, the wonderful haircuts are kind of pedestrian in football, aren't they? Like, that's just part of the part of the game. There was that thing of, quite surprised Bamford would do that. I mean, given yeah.
1: his given his flip flopping form, is it fair
3: to say, will the real Pat Bamford please stand up? Yeah, well, I did use some Eminem references. You'd be surprised, thieved from other people. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, you know, everybody's everybody's at it. But it, again, it can't be a bad thing for him to be in a bit of form, can it? He gets into form, it actually gives you the options of rotating it where you think that whoever you're picking might do do something for you. And I do think Pirro had been very, very quiet in the last couple of games as well.
2: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may
3: vary.
1: Overall shape of the table, just looking at it now, we are seven points adrift of Ipswich in second. Obviously, you've got the hot streak from Southampton at the minute They're on what, generational form at the minute as it stands. Just looking at actually at the other the other playoff places are currently occupied by Southampton, West Brom and Sunderland, all of whom have beaten us this season.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and likewise you've got Ipswich and Leicester, top we, two Leeds have taken nine <laughs> points from. Yeah. There was part of me thinking, you know, that Ipswich would be absolutely delighted to get out of this period with, you know, a seven point lead or something like that, having been thrashed at Ellen Road. But now you come to reflect on it Fark is probably quite happy that the gap is only seven points, given that they, you know, picked up nothing from Preston and nothing from from West Brom. A long way to go. A long way to go. It feels like quite a reach to see Leeds finish in top two. I have to say, but it isn't wrapping itself up, with the exception of Leicester, who just look like they've gone completely.
2: See, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, just seeing this win, I want to go. Come on, Phil, show some faith. Whereas <laughs> I, I will admit, of, like, you, of, you, <laughs> of all people saying a, that. a day or two ago I was going look at getting the playoffs there. <laughs>
1: knackered this finished 10th what do you make there were a few little rumblings of, of Farker out which seems like madness given the, the short termism that overtook the club last season
3: and the the chaos that kind of followed from constant change and churn I think you, you just have to be kind of fair and reasonable about it and, and say that there are points and I think Farker was at you know reached one on, on Friday night at West Brom where as a coach you have to show that you can deal with problems that arise that you've got the wit and the nose to address Issues with the team and you know if, if six away defeats becomes ten away defeats then that's almost certainly far too much to get into the top two and that is what you're going to look back on at the end of the season and say that really compromised us and you and you weren't able to, to fix it although obviously you do have the, the playoffs to potentially take you up too and, and that's always good for Leeds isn't it because it's always how it, how it works out <laughs> but yeah so Farke out I think is a, it is not to say that everything he's done has been perfect and that tactically everything is working but it does seem to me to kind of, I guess, undervalue some of the form this season and, and some of the results. And to judge by the, the you know strongest squads in the division, I think the two that probably are as strong, if not stronger, would be Leicester and Southampton. And they are two of the three clubs who are above them. It's not as if Leeds are down in ninth or trailing behind sides where you would say, well, there's simply no excuse for being being behind them. Ipswich it runs kind of counter to that argument, but Ipswich's points tally is so impressive and so good that you, you have to hold your hands up a little bit to that. So it's not that that Farke gets a free pass when it goes like it goes at West Brom, you know, and when you've seen that, you know, things that haven't worked before not work again, then you, you do kind of ask the question, Well, you know, presumably that has to has to be fixed. But you're right, it, it seemed it seemed a bit over the top to me Friday night. You know, um, do, do
1: you think that's still because there's a bit of hangover from relegation, the anxiety attached to relegation, and trying to get back up there, and the feeling that we have to get back up there this time or we lose this player, this player,
3: this player? I, I think part of it will be people looking at things that are going wrong and and you know making legitimate criticisms of, of of that when when that happens. Part of it is also this inherent thing I think in football where you're more inclined to lean towards the negative, aren't you? It's like you it's the kind of default setting for a lot of supporters and I'm probably the same when it comes to hearts. You know, when you hit a bad period, that's when you think, all oh, right, okay, well, we're seeing the team as they actually are yeah, now. Tear this tear it is all the, down. This, is the, this yeah. is the true picture of what's going on. You know, this is, you know, the rest of it's all been, um, it's been a people, a mirage. people winging it, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the reality of the championship, and I've seen this so many times, is that you can't wing it in the championship very long. You know, you don't get far in the division by just sort of chancing your arm and, and hoping that it all it all works out. I think Fark done done a good job. I I never forget that the summer was was really difficult. But this sort of thing teaches you what it, what it is to manage leads, which is that you will have demands around you, and, and they will be pretty strenuous. Yeah, we've always said it's a heavy shirt to wear, but it's also it's a it's a
1: heavy trench coat to wear on the yes yeah.
3: yes depending on or tracksuit depending on what you yeah. you know what your clothing of choice is. Um, but no, it absolutely is, and I think Farker will know that he can say you know he can argue the toss about top six being decent this season considering how everything was set up at, at the very very start but he also knows that if you're a coach who leads in the championship it's quite a small window in which you've got to deliver promotion particularly if people think you've got a good team a good squad which uh which he has. Um, he's got a, what he's got is he's got a good budget, hasn't he? That's one of the, the things I think that absolutely a, that fuels yeah. a
1: lot of this is the yeah. is the money, the parachute payments.
3: And there's no point in pretending, however difficult the summer was, that he doesn't have a big budget and that, you know, he doesn't have players that other clubs would happily take any day of the week. But well, what, what do you but think they, what do you think to the to the accusation that he should do better with the resources that he's got? Or do you think we're about on par for where we should be given the summer and I feel like they're on par, personally. They're not a mile off two points a game. I, the squad I think is good once you start to get into the further reaches of it. I think you do I think the 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 best starting lineup as it is is definitely stronger than some of what lies underneath it. I would find it I think because Leicester and Ipswich have been so good, there's a tendency, isn't there, to say that's what Leeds should be doing as well. But it's asking asking a lot. And as I say, it doesn't it doesn't equate to a, a free pass. But I do think as the first half of the season
2: tends to go, it's been pretty good. My hope is that across the season, with talk of the budget there, is that actually it just turns out to be a really boring season where the three teams with the biggest budget go up. Yeah. And, and the, the sheer volume of resource behind us, Southampton and Leicester, means that we just we will bully our way out of this division, all three of us. Yeah. And I'm absolutely fine with that, out, even though it kind of ruins the division. Out of interest, though, do you look
3: at any of the top four? Have you seen them play and go through their squads? Do you think any of them are particularly set up for the Premier League? No. But I no, also th- I agree.
1: I think we're in a weird hinterland where we're probably on balance too good for this division, which is a careful, I've, I've got to be careful about how you say yeah. that. Yeah. But in terms of the, the overall standard of the division and what you see from most clubs most weeks is I think on balance we're far superior to that. You could say the same of the other others in the top four. It, it's which are the sort of outlier, aren't they? Because yeah. they carry yeah momentum from promotion and you wonder can they sustain it that's been asked all season so far they're just about hanging in there although they have wobbled a little bit in the last sort of four or five games haven't they no is the answer but then (laughs) again I I expect if and when we do get out of this division whether it's this this attempt or next season or whenever that the squad that we go into the Premier League with will have a certain amount of change there I think in in all major positions I think you're likely to see quite
3: a lot of churn yeah I think so I think so and I don't think that just applies to Leeds I almost feel now like any club coming up from the championship is going to have very little option but to make major change to the squad if they if they want to stay up. Mainly because there are a hell of a lot of players who fall into exactly that grey area you were talking about of clearly good enough for the championship and, and most likely good enough to get out of the championship but still unproven to a point or question marks over them when it comes to whether they're, they're good enough for the, the Premier League but I guess that's a bit of a concern for another day I was it? going to say yeah. the other side to this is that we've complained that Leeds United were often looking steps further
1: down the road yes. and they should have yeah, done the cons- so. should have concentrated on the here and now and the here and now is get out of this division now just going back to the Farker question um, another point I just wanted to touch on and get your opinion on is that there have been accusations about the style of play being too slow or boring What what do you make of that? I mean, I look at like Leicester who, who almost possession their way to death in this division, don't they? Southampton are quite possession-based as well.
3: They do. Um, what do you think? Of but it? I think if you're winning as many games as Leicester are, it becomes nigh on impossible to pick serious fault. You know, at that at that point, you, you can try, but really the the numbers speak for themselves. I, do, I don't think it's, I wouldn't describe it as boring at all. There are periods of the games where it seems to meander slightly because it is, you know, back and forward. Although that's the, the adopted style, and particularly Ellen Road, it works more often than not. I think when you get into a bit of an ordeal like the second half at West Brom, where it honestly did feel like that could have gone on for any length of time and there was never going to be a goal at the end of it, then you're looking for something else, aren't you? And one of my observations from, from West Brom was that considering the number of attacking players on the pitch and the way that you wanted it to go, it seemed to be like an inordinate amount of time spent on the halfway line with the ball going back and forward. And I think that's probably the night where it looked most confused, if that makes sense. That you had all these players there, but it wasn't totally clear who was supposed to be doing what, and it wasn't totally clear that the players understood how it was it was going to work. I don't, I don't mean they don't they won't have practiced that routine and they won't, you know, understand the system, but I don't think, given that West Brom dropped so deep, there was I don't think the odds of that working were particularly good. All in all, then. What
1: do you see when you look at Leeds United now heading into the new year? 26 games played,
3: 48 points on the board. I think they're as in the running as they've been at any stage, really. There hasn't been a stage this season where any of us have sat and said, right, the top two is definitely on. There've been points at which it's it's turned to the extent where it makes you think, okay, well, this could be where the impetus really starts to swing and, and then it doesn't. Um, I think they're in a good place. I think they're in good shape. I think they're very much set up to finish top six I think they do still need to be careful in certain positions um, I'm not sure how long uh, to be fair to and you know he did fine today and he, and he there's no denying that at all but there'll be far more difficult games against far better attacks than than Birmingham's um, this afternoon and the injuries are just starting to creep in a bit for Byron now aren't they at left back there've been a few uh, well, what,
1: what was my message to you I mean we've abandoned saying, it. Yes, yeah. The, twi- the 20 minute text is, de- <laughs> it's gone. is dead yeah it's, it's, dead. Gone,
3: it's gone but the 50 minute text was sign a left back yeah, yes which was the moment um, at which Byron was on the floor holding his hammy so they're not totally sure um, I mean it's straight after the game so they haven't had a chance to assess him but it is a hamstring problem Farkas just waiting to find out what's what's going on no Darlow today because a dislocated finger which he which Farker was saying he actually did in the warm up at West Brom and basically just strapped it up gave him a load of painkillers um, and he and he cracked on but again, and Millie will be back. You know, he's he's getting through his his suspension now. But I think even more so than the the actual defeat at Preston itself, the sort of stupidity of, of Millie doing what he did, and I don't think that's the worst defence I've ever seen. But you know, you you're kind of asking for it. Is kind of laid bare because goalkeepers are hard to replace. You know, mm. like, it's not like outfield where you can you can kind of negate one position by other players round about playing well. You need a good a good and reliable keeper. I don't think you'd want Classon in there for any great length of time at the moment. Um, but Melia will be back quite soon. Does Melia's band get eaten away by the FA Cup as well? I believe or... so, yes. Yes,
2: that's yeah. what accounts for it. Oh, so yeah. that's
3: not too bad then, is it? No, as far as I'm aware. Um, I was under the impression that that's the case, although I should probably check. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fact checking? Yeah,
1: <doing> never. <laughs> um, we're going to preview the uh, the FA Cup game, um, but let's just look a little bit further ahead, if we could. We're going to preview that in a, in a separate show that's coming out later in the week, I was going to say. Just looking further ahead, next couple of fixtures, bizarrely we've got Preston again is the next home game, have I really mean, mm-hmm. just just faced them? Uh, Cardiff away, and then Norwich at home, Bristol away, looking at them, Rotherham who are bottom. So you've got a series of games there where you're looking again to take the, the majority of points out of these, aren't Some long,
3: long trips coming up as well. Mm. Um, Bristol, Cardiff, Plymouth, Swansea, yeah. This is where it counts, isn't it? This is where you've got to keep it keep it ticking over. I say this, I've said this a few times this season, but... It's like the part of the race where you just got your head down and you and you keep going. And I did. I remember writing at the start of December and saying, even if they pick up plenty of points, they won't play well all the way through this period. Leads it's, it's impossible. You're always going to have games where it does become a slog, and you don't feel like you're, you're properly properly on it. I think, on reflection, Farker would have wanted a better Christmas than this. I think two defeats and two wins is par, shall we say that? But you know, I think he he would have. He would have expected them to have got more out of West Brom and and Preston back to back, but all in all, this uh, this win over Birmingham does kind of alleviate some of the damage. Nice one, Phil. Well, we will record um, for a show that's going to come
1: out later in the week as well. We're going to preview Peterborough in that one and the the mammoth FA Cup run. So, what we'll catch you on that. Yes, look forward to it. The Square Ball Podcast.
0: Small details are big surfaces.